Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! Will you remove your helmet and tell me your name? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies featuring Bryn and Jeremy. And we're talking about movies, and we're not taking ourselves too seriously. And I want to mention here at the top that it's us that we're not taking ourselves very seriously, not movies. Many people are saying that people are taking movies too seriously, and that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can take movies fairly seriously. Don't take yeah, yourselves too seriously. But not too seriously. Not too seriously. <laughs> but you can take them seriously. It's okay. <laughs> and while we're at the top of the show, I'd also like to clear the air on a couple of things. Um, if you were and to there's go... There's many things Jeremy <laughs> has to apologize Yeah, there's a couple... Of... I actually... I... Hang on. Let me raise my hand for a second here. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> Um, I'd like to clear the air on one thing. There are folks out there who say that there are uh, no additional episodes of the Generation Loss podcast, and that is not the case, actually. If you go to patreon.com slash generation loss, you can get bonus episodes absolutely every week of your fucking life, and you can go back for years and listen to hundreds of episodes of this goddamn show. Yeah. And, and that's at patreon.com slash Very fascinating. Loss. Not taking anything too seriously. Now a lot of them are ourselves. about the news, and you're gonna you're gonna feel like uh, that may feel a little dated, but trust me, it never does. Sometimes it's fun to walk down memory lane. Absolutely. Uh, remember when there was a strike on? <laughs> that was fun. Uh, and then they won the strike, and then you can relive that all the time. So yeah, you can go do that. But before we get to, oh yeah, I usually say at the top, this is week three of Dumb Guy December, the Dark Council's month. Uh, and we today we're watching Gladiator. We have watched American History X and also Shutter Island, yep. um, which are movies that you see covered in weed dust uh, <laughs> on a inherited coffee table. Yep. Uh, usually the discs are all scratched up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I remember almost all of these movies. Yeah, big time um, like dorm room poster movies. Yeah, dorm room poster movies. Um, Internet Sacred Cows. So before we get to our 
feature presentation. Uh, what did you watch this week? Well, Bryn, uh, as I discussed on the bonus episode, I traveled this week to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Yes, a, a den of thieves and misery. <laughs> yeah, a truly miserable place. And um, now, when you fly from St. Louis to Washington, D.C., unfortunately, it's not a very frequented route. So they give you the shittiest, tiniest little fucking plane on goddamn Earth right, to fly little there in. pond skipper, as they call them. Yeah, a uh, crop duster, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, my plane did not have a little TV built into it. Luckily, I looked this up in advance, so I downloaded some movies onto my phone because I don't have anything else to watch movies on. Wow, uh, so they didn't even have the movies on the on the plane? They do, but it's like on your phone or whatever. Anyway, I downloaded some movies to take with me on the plane, and uh, one of the movies I decided to download, God knows why, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> was the Amazon Prime original movie, Candy Cane Lane, directed by Reginald Hudlin and starring Eddie Murphy. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Never even heard of this. This is from Candy this. Cane Lane. It's from this very year. All right, tell me about it. it. <laughs> um, Candy Were Cane Lane. Were you just like in the mood for a Christmas movie? I truly could not tell you what where was going my head through was your at when I downloaded this. I must have been in some sort of a state of panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, he's funny. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that memory is just completely wiped from the hard drive. I do not know why I downloaded it, but I did. Um, Amazing. So this is a film about Eddie Murphy. You could have done his other movie from this year, You People, which I'm much mm, more interested in. than I am interested in that one, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Candy Cane Lane is about a man named Chris Carver who lives on a... um, He lives on a street in uh, Los Angeles or some shit like that, somewhere in California, uh, where uh, they have like sort of an ongoing uh, Christmas decoration competition and they call it Candy Cane Lane. And we have one of those here in St. Louis called Candy Cane Lane as well. Um, And, uh, you know, they all put up crazy, elaborate Christmas decorations and they compete to see who has the best ones. And uh, okay. So at the beginning of the movie, Eddie Murphy's character gets laid off from his job and um, on the same day finds out that this year, the Candy Cane Lane competition has a prize of $100,000. That's so much. It's life-changing money for many people. And yeah, and especially if you just lost your job, uh, that's a pretty good little uh, find. And um, so at this point... It's actually a pretty interesting movie, right? It's actually kind of like a f- interesting concept, right? It's very grounded. Uh, it's a guy who, you know, has a family. He's got three kids and, you know, one of them is off to college next year. And he's got to, like, figure out a way to, like, help his family survive. And he sees this opportunity in this thing that he already does that he can, like, step his game up at and whatever and try to really win it. Uh, yeah. And then from this point on, the movie just goes into a complete frantic tailspin where (laughs) (laughs) every five to 10 minutes, the premise changes and uh, it just kind of, it just gets psychotic, right? So um, he stumbles upon a, he's out shopping for Christmas decorations. He stumbles upon a pop-up shop underneath a freeway he goes inside and they have this um beautiful (laughs) this beautiful elaborate um it looks kind of like a layer cake um okay and on it are like all of the like 
days of Christmas things like the you know turtle doves and whatever, um, like kind of painted beautifully on the sides of it. And when you plug it in, it like spins like a crazy gyroscope, right? Um, and so he buys it and brings it home, puts it on his lawn. And then the next day, uh, he wakes up and all of the animals and things have been like punched out of it. Uh, and um, he meets a Christmas elf who tricked him into buying it, who then has a contract with him that if he doesn't assemble all of the rings, the five golden rings from the song, if he doesn't assemble them all by the stroke of like 8 p.m. on a certain day, then he gets turned into a little toy. Sorry. And hang on. <laughs> what does it mean? What what rings? In the song, five golden rings. Uh in the Partridge whatever, in a pear tree, twelve two days of Christmas doves. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but what are they literally? They're rings. They're actual rings. And, and where so, are they? Like, they're uh um he finds one of them like dangling on a necklace on one of the French hens. So they're like, in this city? Yeah, yeah, they're all. He has and to play an adventure game. He has to play an adventure <laughs> game, and part of it also is that all of these animals are like trying to kill him, and this uh, elf is like causing mischief that's ruining his life. What? <laughs> and he has to assemble all these rings. Is this and, a horror movie? Or else he turns into a toy, and um, yeah, and then like at the end, like they they assemble the five rings and they're like, "We win!" And she's like, "Actually, you don't win because if you listen to the song, they repeat five golden rings this many times, and so actually you needed forty five golden rings." And he's like, "What? That's not fair!" And she's like, "It is fair. That's how it works. That's the game." And so like they have this whole like cacophony of like all the animals come and attack at once, and he has to gather all the rings and whatever. And then Santa shows up, uh, and um. And Santa is black, and he's played by um, David Allen Greer. And uh, oh, I love David Allen Greer. Yeah, he rocks. He's very funny in this. Uh, he's like one of the very few shining lights of this movie is <laughs> Black Santa, David Allen Greer, uh, dressed in like a pimp suit. Um, okay. And so he shows up. He can't reverse the the contract, but he can help get the rings. <laughs> It's okay. just so stupid, and and at some point in the middle, you of watch all this, this whole movie. <laughs> I was on the plane. What else was I going to do? So, you didn't have any uh, other movie. <laughs> so the other movie I had was Gladiator, and I had oh, exactly okay. enough time on the flight home to watch it. Sure, yeah. Um, so he is uh, wearing a pimp suit. I this is oh so this is part of my motivation was that uh, the flight there was an hour and a half, and the flight home was two and a half, and this is an hour and a half, and the okay. flight home is two and a half. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so some way midway through this cacophony with all the rings and stuff, we also find out that the $100,000 prize is actually like a $100,000 gift card to a taco place. So like it just wipes away that completely from the movie. <laughs> and now it's just about not becoming a toy. Um, but then he does become a toy, but then it gets reversed by a Christmas wish from his beautiful daughter. Okay. Um so, so what happens with the hundred thousand dollars? Does Santa they, give they him do something? win and he does get the taco vouchers and a hundred thousand uh, dollars would sink a fucking restaurant. You can't give a hundred thousand dollars away in tacos. Yeah, so that's crazy. So the closing scene is they're having Christmas and they're eating tacos. Um, movie sucks. Don't watch it. <laughs> the other movie I watched this week. Oh, you uh, watch another movie? Okay. Yes, while I was in the District of Columbia. Uh, and 
uh, eavesdropping on absolute freaks having deranged conversations everywhere I went, I decided I simply needed to get off the street. So I went to the Alamo Draft House and I caught Ah. a matinee of the 2023 epic historical drama Napoleon. Directed and produced oh, by Ridley, the Ridley Scott. Scott. Okay, <laughs> Na- Napoleon. Yeah, and starring Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And um, I was—I thought I was alone in the movie theater. It turns out there's one other person in there with me, um, and we'll get to him momentarily. But um, Napoleon is a pretty straightforward, like epic biopic sort of thing, just telling the story of like Napoleon's rise and fall. Yeah. Um, kind of insane in a lot of ways the way that it's structured it's almost like an endless montage like we're just constantly like playing out a scene and then fading to white to get to the next like time in his life Um, okay so structurally it's pretty messy um battles are fucking awesome right so good so so good lots of fun napoleon fucking rocks i'm fully i'm fully on the bonaparte pill now i love my man napoleon (laughs) he's awesome uh and um so that's all good and the thing that's really interesting to me and and i didn't really think about it a lot until i watched gladiator and realized that joaquin phoenix is the emperor in that yeah uh how funny it is that like like, what does Ridley Scott think Joaquin Phoenix is like? You know, like, <laughs> what exactly? Like, what what happened are you between to get them? Out of did he like <laughs> did he like dom his wife or something like that? Like, what happened? Like, <laughs> why does he think Joaquin Phoenix is like the ultimate alpha male? Like, it's so bizarre. And in Napoleon, it's very interesting because, like, you know, you watch Gladiator, and he really he really commits to that role and he puts on an accent and he like does the whole thing. Right. Napoleon nowhere to be found. No accent no whatsoever. French He's accent. just regular Joaquin Phoenix and everybody else is like, you know, doing historical drama, British voices and like the Russians actually speak Russian and shit. And then, okay. Like, you but just he's have... French, right? He's French. Yeah. And, and, and Joaquin Phoenix is just talking like Joaquin Phoenix, you know, like he just, it's so funny because like, you know, it's Napoleon. It's like, you know, there's scenes where like he like comes back from his first exile and he's like surrounded by troops and he's like, my friends, I missed you. Will you join me and make <laughs> France what it was truly destined to be? And they're like, <laughs> like I kept thinking of um, I kept thinking of over the garden wall when you finally meet the the um what's his name like jason thunderberg or whatever um oh yeah and he's just like a little weirdo yeah like you keep hearing about him and he's like oh he's got he's got the whole package he's strong and athletic and he's smart and he's funny and then you like meet him and he's like hey guys what's going on (laughs) (laughs) it's the same thing in this where like everybody treats napoleon like he's like this larger than life charismatic personality and then joaquin phoenix is just not doing anything (laughs) He's just a good war guy. He's a good yeah. tactician and general. Uh-huh. I, I mean, but that was sort of. Um, I mean, maybe that's intentional because, like, I think the lore of Napoleon was that he was like, people were surprised that he wasn't six foot two or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like the whole like, oh, he's so tiny. Like he's this like monstrous guy who's so tiny. He was like normal height, right? He was like five six. Or yeah, he was a normal guy for, yeah. for the time. He was like, I guess five, six is short for a guy. 
um, I think it was normal height. But point is, is that like his reputation had completely like outdone him because mm-hmm. of how good he was at war or and strategy or whatever. Isn't that the? Yeah. Rep- I don't know anything about Napoleon. Yeah, it seems like that's what it is. He um, there's like one really good sequence in the movie where you see him like you know outfox a guy with tactics and stuff, but otherwise like they really skip over a lot of stuff where they're just like, and then he fires cannons and he wins the end. Um, That's lame. I really liked in the trailer, there's a scene where he like drowns all the guys, the horses in the lake. That's the sequence that fucking rocks. Yeah. It's so That's the one. I thought the whole movie would be like, I mean, you do get a lot of, no, you get a lot of battles. Don't get me wrong, but that's the only one. Showing how his tactics worked. Damn. No, it ain't like that. You you get it a little bit. Like you see, um, he does one, operation like early on in the movie where he like wins some people's trust by like they like uh they like attack this fort and they like kill a bunch of guys and then they go up and use the fort's cannons that are already there to like sink all their ships in the harbor and stuff and like that's pretty cool i think overall the movie is pretty cool and it's a very like uh it's a very fun dumb guy sort of time i would definitely recommend seeing it especially in the theater although now the crowds are starting to dwindle probably because it's been out for a little while yeah, um, it doesn't have very good reviews either. No. Like, it's a 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it was supposed to be funnier than I perceived it as just because I wasn't in a real audience. Mm. Um, I bet if you're in an audience, like, you get a lot of big laughs. But anyway, so... so it I is f- funny. It is pretty funny, yeah. Um, and and um, so I finished the movie, and I go to the bathroom, and this guy uh, comes out of the stall, and he's like... So what'd you think? He's like this old black guy. <laughs> He's just like, what do you, th- what'd you think? And I'm like peeing. My dick is in my hands. And I'm like, yeah, I thought it was, I, I have a big anxiety, by the way, about like talking about a movie while I'm still in the theater. I really don't like to do it. It's just okay. a thing for me. I like to leave the theater before I talk about it. Um, and this guy has got me dick in hands in the bathroom, just like, so what'd you think about it? And I'm like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a good time. He's like, yeah, you know, like I thought they were going to add this, 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 this. And, th- and he just starts like talking about Napoleon at me. And he like, <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, follows me to, he follows me to wash my hands. He follows me down the escalator out into the street, off to the subway, just oh, talking no. about Napoleon to me and all the different things about his strategy and how he was the master tactician. He's like, you know, people say Alexander was better, but Alexander was just a kid. You know, I think that Napoleon was the real deal, you know? Oh and like, my God. And finally I'm like, Hey, which way are you going on the train? <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm not even taking the train. I'm like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> just get up on the train and leave. He followed you into the train. He followed me to the turnstile. Oh my God. What a maniac. Yeah. He is full of freaks. <laughs> horrible <laughs> horrible horrible film experience however i would recommend watching the movie it's a good time all right I'll, ch- I'll check it out i i i, I don't know I, I feel like i wanted to see more tactician stuff so what should yeah. i before i answer but what <laughs> what 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 is like the fun of the movie like, uh, the i think the I, mean, I think the battles are awesome the one where they sink all the horses into the lake is fucking sick as all hell um I think like he's really funny sometimes like there's a great scene where he's like trying to riz up his wife by like he like does like uh like he's like acting like a horse and so he's like standing there like he's like leaning against the wall and he goes like <laughs> and then he like starts like <laughs> tapping his foot on the floor like he's like doing that thing that horses do where they like tap yeah, and yeah. drag and tap and drag uh 
like that stuff is fun there's a great scene where like so like i guess like one of the big conflicts of his life is that his wife uh can't get pregnant so he can't get an heir and so he like confronts her over dinner and he's like he's like you know you still haven't given me a son and she's like well you're getting fat and he's like sure i like my meals <laughs> he like goes like up on this he goes up on this whole rant where he's like destiny has brought us to this place destiny has made us great destiny has brought me this lamb chop and he's like holding up a lamb chop <laughs> So his performance is funny and good. It's pretty funny and good, yeah. I mean, I just think like his lack of charisma in the movie is just like kind of baffling. Right. But and and all he right. doesn't do any sort of an accent at all, which I kind of feel like y- you got to do. It's a historical drama, dude. Come on. <laughs> do something. Do something. All right. Well, I will watch I will say what I watched, which was um the Coen Brothers film The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ooh, I like I that had, one. Had not seen before. Oh, um, okay. I found and I wanted to shout out this show called To the White Sea mm-hmm. that I just found out about. Or actually I found out the, about them a couple months ago, but I just checked it out. And it's a it's a podcast about the Coen Brothers and what they do is there's this like unrealized movie that they never made called To the White Sea. Okay. Uh, that was supposed to star Brad Pitt. It was all in the papers, you know, like the variety or whatever, like Brad Pitt and Coen Brothers set to do this movie in like the year 2000. And it was about the firebombing of Tokyo in World War II. Um, and Brad Pitt just like lost as a as a parachuter, American parachuter, just like lost in Tokyo. OK. Um, and it seemed really crazy. So they have the script and they're just reading it two pages per episode and then just talking about Coen Brothers movies the whole time. Uh, and it's pretty insightful and interesting. Um, I, I'm enjoying it so far. But it got me thinking about how good the Coen Brothers are and made me want to watch because I'd never seen this one and I think I've seen everything else. But maybe I'm missing one. Oh no, I actually haven't seen Intolerable Cruelty. Um, but I probably won't watch that anytime soon. <laughs> and I don't remember Miller's Crossing. Um, which is one I know a lot of people like. But anyway, I watched Buster Scruggs, um, which I thought was okay. Um, yeah. It's a uh, anthology film. It's one, two, three, six different stories of different people in the Old West um, doing stuff, mostly dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, which I was honestly was fine with and it was a, a lot of fun sort of weird morality plays and little short stories and I like it kind of had a sort of um, Flannery O'Connor in the Old West type of things and I love Flannery O'Connor if you know that author um, Buster Scru- it starts with Buster Scruggs he is a sort of like 50s cowboy like all white singing in a baritone, Uh um, not like an actual cowboy. Um, but he is just like miraculously superhumanly good at shooting as well. Mm -hmm. So he gets to go around and defend himself pleasantly and sing songs about the people (laughs) he kills. Um, 
this is a really weird way to start the movie, but I don't know where else you would put it. See, what's um, interesting to me is like I when I watched it, I remember thinking like I loved the first bit. Like the Buster Scruggs bit is awesome. It's really funny and really goofy and zany and like he's like Bugs Bunny, you know. Yeah, he's a Bugs Bunny cowboy. A- and I remember thinking afterwards that like it kind of just never um it never reaches that height again. <laughs> it never tries to be silly anymore. Like yeah. it, then it's sort of like the next one is with the one with the uh, James James Franco. Franco yeah. who it's a little goofy but like mostly pretty grounded and then it just gets more grounded mm-hmm. um as it goes along um and more sad um i guess the last one is a little supernatural or something yeah i'm trying to remember um, the other ones so there's so, so the so, first one is the singing cowboy second one is he survives getting hanged and then gets hanged again right yeah and then immediately gets hanged and then the third one is the very quiet one with liam neeson where he's carrying around the pair of Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's the freak show. He's got a traveling freak show with a paraplegic. And then, like, what is it? He, like, gets another act and then he just kills the guy. He, uh, finds, yeah, he finds, uh, a chicken that can count and gets scammed because the chicken can't actually count. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's only sort of implied. Um, but then, yeah, he throws him off of a bridge and kills him. Um, and then that's it. That's the end of that one. It's sort of very sad and weird. Um, uh, I liked it though. It's 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 interesting. Um, All Gold Canyon is the one with Tom Waits, where he's a prospector mm-hmm. and he's digging for gold, and it's a whole long bit of him digging for gold, and then he gets shot in the back, but then survives um, and kills the kid who shot him in the back, tried to steal his gold vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that one, that's the only one with a happy ending, really. Um, and then I think the one that's the best one and the one that made me the most mad, uh, <laughs> that it ends with a death is the girl who got the gal who got rattled, which is about a girl and her brother who are trying to go to on the Oregon trail. And then she meets, um, a really beautifully per- portrayed you know, trailblazer guy named William, uh, Billy Knapp, who kind of falls in love with her and they have like the cutest love story thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then um they get attacked by natives. Um and uh and Mr. Arthur tells her that if we get licked, just shoot yourself in the head. And then <laughs> she gets confused uh when Mr. Arthur almost get looks like he's getting licked but then shoots the native in the head and then shoots herself in the head and that's yeah. the end of the story uh which is very weird and then mortal remains is the one where they're all in the um uh in a coach going to a hotel and it seems like they're like angels of death or something but then they're also bounty hunters um and they're just like having a weird conversation and then they get to the hotel and everyone's scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's, it's as with most anthology movies, it just feels uneven and interesting. Yeah. Um, like I feel and, like it would have 
been better if it was released as a series of short films instead of as an anthology single piece. And it's especially weird because it's on Netflix. It was on Netflix, yeah. <laughs> like they could have just done that. <laughs> yeah, they could have. Um, it's still very good. I mean, like it's it's well made. Obviously, it's the Coen brothers. They just have a beautiful eye for 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 cinematography they have an incredible ear for dialogue um Mm -hmm. it all works um but it just feels like i'm not exactly sure what the point of it all was um and maybe that that isn't like maybe that's a me problem but like if you're gonna do a western like there's little touches of like tying them together with dialogue. There's little touches of showing like native Americans as like almost monsters that have all the white people are scared of, but it, there, it just doesn't seem to have a, a perspective at all. It's mm-hmm. if it was all funny, like if it was all Bugs Bunny, Buster Scruggs, I wouldn't have cared that they weren't trying to say anything. But like when you do when you put in meal ticket and the gal who got rattled and all gold canyon in there as like these are three really kind of serious stories, I'm like, what what is this? Like yeah. why am I watching it? I guess. It, besides it's beautiful and well written, like what is the point of it? So I don't know. It's a it's a cute interesting little thing but i don't think i would like watch it again you know yeah i i'd watch one of them again yeah i was gonna say i left it saying i would watch the buster scruggs one again and i have i'd watch buster scruggs again and i'd probably watch the gal who got rattled again just Mm because i really like the chemistry between zoe kazan and bill heck um even though it's very sad that she kills herself um and maybe i i gotta if anybody has any like takes on this movie that is like this is the point of it i'd be interested Mm. in hearing them um but it really just feels like they kind of had this childhood memory of reading like western stories in a book and we're like let's make a movie like that and yeah or like they had like done true grit and they like hadn't quite scratched the itch yet so they're like let's do another (laughs) yeah it feels very like Come on. It's like a, you know, it's like you have like one M&M and you're like, hmm, I could have a couple more. (laughs) Who's even watching? It almost seems like they just like got an offer from, you know, from Netflix or something. And they're like, do something. And they were like, uh, (laughs) we'll do something fun, I guess. I I, I have no idea. Um, But it's cute. Uh, didn't this come out like during the pandemic oh no it's a 20 it was 2018 oh so i don't know it's okay uh i hope they do another movie together um i would really like it because this is their last one uh and i think they're some of the best filmmakers currently living yeah um it's it's hard because it's like it's definitely like on the lower end of my ranking for them but it's still cool so check it out if you want check it out uh now it is time for our feature presentation
This week, we are talking about Gladiator from the year 2000, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, no one else I remember. I mean, no one else I really remember except for the guy with scars. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is a movie that was ubiquitous, I feel, when it came out. I believe it was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, but it was um, very, very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like you couldn't get away from it, Um, which was difficult for me because I thought it was stupid and I didn't (laughs) like it. Uh, (laughs) And I was not interested in ever watching it. so I, I I haven't. I've seen it exactly. You, this is your first time seeing it too. No, no. I I watched it exactly once when it came oh, out okay. in the year in the year two thousand twenty four years ago. Got it. Um, and uh, haven't watched it since then. And I watched it yesterday, and uh, that's it. So, what was your history with this movie? Yeah, similarly, like it definitely was this cultural force that I was like very aware of and everybody had seen it but me. And then I think I just like missed it in theaters and then just somehow uh, never got around to watching it, never was shown it. You know, there's plenty of like I can like go through my entire life history and find so many times where somebody would have made me get high and watch it or some shit like that. Yeah. And somehow, never seen it. Never fucking seen it. Was completely cold on this. The only thing I knew from it was the Are You Not Entertained? That's literally it. So you never seen this until this week? Never seen it. Never seen a clip from it. Uh, didn't know the story of it. I mean, I knew he's a gladiator. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, when I said this was nominated for uh, Academy Award... Uh, my memory of it, and I was just reading this on Wikipedia, my memory of it was that it was sort of just an action movie that critics were like, cool movie. But mm-hmm. like, no one really thought it was going to be a, an awards contender. This movie was nominated for 12 wow. Academy Awards and okay. won Best Picture Wow! Um, in a year that included Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is the movie I was obsessed with at this time. Mm. And Chocolat, which is not a great movie. Um, <laughs> it did not, Ridley Scott did not win Best Director. Soderbergh did for Traffic. Interesting. Um, Russell Crowe won Best Actor. Um, wow. Yeah, it won quite a few Academy Awards. Didn't sweep or anything. Did win Best Sound and some of the costume design and visual effects and sure, stuff. Sure, sure. But you expect that. So, like five Academy Awards for this movie. Yeah. Um, which is about um, a man who is a general or something in the he's, he's the Roman general. army. He's, he's like the general he's, of he's the, the Roman most army. storied general in the Roman army. His name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, and right. um, he uh, he leads the Roman army into battle against uh, the Germanic tribes. He beats the fucking hell out of them. And he goes back to camp and he's like, I'm so tired. I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Can I please just stop being this guy? And he goes and talks to the emperor, Caesar, uh, Marcus Aurelius, Caesar. um, Talks to Caesar. Apparently they're homies. They're pretty close. Uh, It seems like from little bits and pieces you get here and there that he grew up with Caesar uh, as kind of a father figure to him. He probably comes from some sort of, you know, aristocratic background or whatever. Um, 
and uh yeah so he's talking to caesar and he's like dude fuck this i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> let me go home and he's yeah. like caesar's like okay i'll let you go home but one last thing i'm gonna die soon and i don't want my son to be the emperor because he's a little piece of shit and i don't yeah. fucking like him so i would like <laughs> it if you became the protector of rome not the emperor the protector of rome and right. uh, i want you to yeah, transition he, us back to a democracy he low-key like spent his whole life conquering and was like this is actually lame uh i've become a low-key socialist and we should yeah <laughs> give the rome back to the people which is not true none of this happened uh mm. <laughs> um as a matter of fact maximus isn't a real guy yeah um and uh so he's like you gotta but you gotta who gives take a over shit from, who gives a shit this it's is always just, my feeling about stuff in like rome and egypt and whatever is like the less like this is this is my problem with rome hbo's rome is like every time they get bogged down in like the real stuff that happened i'm like shut up <laughs> i don't care make more stuff up it's much more fun to make more stuff up well i'll i'll say this here since we're talking about it i don't care however I, I think that Rome is really historically important mm -hmm. if you have a perspective. The problem is no one ever has a perspective about yeah. it, like kind of inventing a lot of the elements of fascism and like some of like the most evil things in our country and world mm -hmm. right now. And no one ever is trying to like talk about it in that way. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, and if you did, I'd be interested um, but if you're going to just tell a story. Yeah. Use it like fantasy. You know what I mean? It's like just it's fantasy. so, it's so long ago. Who fucking cares? Just <laughs> treat it like you're doing dwarves and elves and stuff. You know, like if it you're doesn't going, matter. <laughs> if you're just using it as who's a gonna, setting. Who's going to be mad at you? They're all fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're just using it as a setting, like in this movie, I don't care. Um, I think when people like Rome, I think the show had an opportunity to do something interesting and didn't um, and tried to just like tell weird stories from no, like of actual historical fact uh, from no perspective. And that, mm -hmm. that really annoys me. Um, but this movie, what happens is he's like, okay, I'll take over. Well, Keen Phoenix is his actual son is uh, not, not Maximus, but the emperor uh, caesar's actual son he's a little piece of shit wormy guy mm -hmm. and he's like his the dad tells him hey you're not gonna you're not be gonna the be, emperor it's not gonna be you buddy i'm passing over you going going with uh maximus instead yeah. uh so sorry dude and they have like a you know a father-son thing where he's like you never loved me and he's like it's my failure as a father and then joaquin kills him and he yeah. takes over as emperor in a confusing he, way. Just grabs his head, and then I guess he like smothers him, him in, in his, his own in his own chest. Whatever. I always hate that. I always hate that movie death where it's like this way that never. You can't really smother someone with a pillow. Like they can breathe. They're just, you can I smother someone with a pillow. Absolutely. I don't think so. Yes, you, you can. can. In there. That's how that's how nurses kill people when uh, when they take <laughs> them off life support. I think they just take them off life support. No, because it takes a while to kill them when they get off life support. So you take them off life support and then you smother them with a pillow and you you kind of do it under the table to save them the suffering. All anyway, right. um, absolutely works. You can smother some. Don't folks at home do not try this. <laughs> Don't try to do it. Um. So anyway, so uh, uh, so uh, Joaquin goes to uh, Russell Crowe. 
and Russell Crowe tells him, or no, Russell Crowe doesn't tell him. Um, he goes to Russell Crowe and he's like, I'm the emperor now. Do I have your loyalty? Take my hand. You only have this one chance. Right. <laughs> like immediately making himself the most sketchy character ever. Like there's <laughs> no reason why he couldn't have like tried to play it off a little bit at least. But he like very obviously goes to Russell Crowe and says like, I killed my dad, dude. Are you in or out? Yeah, and Russell yeah. Crowe like walks away from him. So they say like, okay, fucking kill him. They take him out into the middle of the woods to kill him so that the soldiers don't see because the soldiers fucking love his ass. They love Maximus. And so they take him out into the woods to kill him, but lo and behold, he's the fucking gladiator. You can't do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> so he he executes all their asses. He fucking no-scopes like seven dudes with his fucking sword. And, he's uh, just a damn fucking... Uh, john wick type he's, guy yeah he's he's sword wick yeah he fucking yeah. rocks and uh so he gets on his horse and he rides home to try to get to his wife and kid because he knows that the soldiers are going to be going for them next he can't get there in time his wife and kid have been uh raped and crucified and uh so that's sad yeah. it's and, not nice of them to do that and then i don't remember exactly how this happens but he becomes a slave um i don't remember they, how well, he gets caught but he gets caught <laughs> They uh he gets all fucked up. He, he gets beaten up somehow yeah. and then uh probably by raiders or something. And then uh yeah. they they pick him up and they clean up his wounds and they turn him into a slave and they make him fight in the gladiator. He's but sword like, wick, so he is sword so wick, good so at great. It. Yeah, but, but uh, before we move on, like this is one of those things where like um I feel like Game of Thrones handles this sort of thing way better where like you know Sure, he's sword wick, but nobody knows that yet. You know, nobody who's interacting with him knows that he's the gladiator. They just know he's some sick guy with gangrene on his arm who's fucking dying. And yeah. everybody still like they still drag him along. They still take, you know, space with him. There's so many times in Game of Thrones where like somebody breaks their leg and they're like, I can't go on. Somebody's gonna have to carry me. And someone's just like, no. And they just cut his throat. <laughs> like that's that's what would have happened to him. But anyway. Moving on, he goes to the gladiator pit, uh, and at first he's like, "I'm not fighting. Fuck this. This is bullshit." But then the you know he does, and uh, he does sword wick shit. He fucking you know he rocks a bunch of dudes, and uh, eventually he builds up a following. All these hicks out in the out in the middle of nowhere, they're all calling him the Spaniard, and they love him, and they're chanting his name. And he does the "Are you not entertained?" bit, and then yeah. Um, and then we cut back to Rome and we find out that um, new Caesar is uh, reopening the Colosseum. Old Caesar had closed it because he thought it was barbaric. Because he uh, was low-key Bernie Sanders with it. Because he was a pussy. <laughs> and uh, so he's reopening the, the Colosseum. They're doing like a fucking month and a half of fights. Uh, yeah. And the people are going wild for it. They love it. They love and, it. Um, so, you know, Gladiator and his boys all go to Rome to go fight. And they're in like a historic recreation of a battle or whatever, and they uh, with the Carthin- Car- Carth- Carthage, Carthage, Carthaginians, something like that, Carthinians. I don't know, uh, but they they uh, they turn the tables on them and they win. Um, and by uh, using Roman style fighting, mm-hmm, by doing like military tactics, the phalanx, and um, yeah, and everybody's like, damn, that fucking rocked. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and then Joaquin Phoenix is like, I got to meet this guy. I got to meet guy. this guy. This guy's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this just happened also. He's wearing a MF Doom mask. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and he like, he like 
sentenced him to death like a day ago. Like yeah. it just happened. He's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you, dude? <laughs> and he like pulls off What's... his mask and he's like, surprise, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm getting I'm my Maximus. revenge. Yeah. So now but then like he... the crowd is like chanting his name and they're saying, don't kill him and whatever. And so Caesar's too big of a pussy to stand up to the people. So he's like, okay, you can live for now. Yeah, and so basically the rest of the movie is him uh, winning a bunch of battles to like win over the people of Rome and then mm-hmm. sort of doing side dealings with Joaquin Phoenix's sister to like try to get uh, access to the emperor to, to slit his throat. Yeah. And um, yeah, they have this whole conspiracy that I just like don't really care that much about. It also doesn't really matter because they never actually it doesn't figure work, it yeah. out. They don't do um, it. Um, but yeah, the Scarface guy uh, gets hung um, because Joaquin Phoenix finds out about it. Yeah, he's Russell Crowe's right hand man. He finds him, and they're gonna like ha- hatch this whole plot together. And it's all like all the pieces are in motion. But then Joaquin smells a rat, and he fucking executes Scarface, and he he like imprisons his sister. And then he's like, uh-huh. "What am I gonna do with you, Russell Crowe? You're just so fucking cool. I can't I can't get people not to like you. You won't die in battle because you're just too good. So what am I gonna do?" I'm going to 1v1 you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he 1v1s him. But before that, while he's chained up, he stabs him in the back. So he's like wounded. So he thinks he's going to have a chance. He's fucking Swordwick. You better believe (laughs) Swordwick is on the case. (laughs) (laughs) So he, (laughs) they have a 1v1 and Joaquin Phoenix doesn't stand a goddamn chance. He gets like one more hit in on him. Uh, he gets a cut on his leg or something like that. But Joaquin like just beats the ever loving shit out of him. Like he's not even like using his sword for the most part. He's just fucking punching his ass. And then uh, the crowd Russell is, is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Russell Crowe uh, is punching Joaquin and the crowd is just eating it up. They They're love loving it. it. <laughs> <laughs> They're chanting Maximus. They yeah. want their own president killed. Yeah. So um, they uh, eventually he like uh, knocks the sword out of Joaquin's hand and Joaquin goes to the soldiers. He's like, give me your sword. And they're all like, no, bro. No, bitch. <laughs> How <laughs> about <you>. no? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Why don't you just die? <laughs> uh, so that's what happens. He, yeah, so uh, well, he pulls out a knife and he, he tries to stab him a few more times, but Russell Crowe just like fully overpowers his arm and stabs him in the neck with his own knife and his own right. arm. Uh, and then he just fucking dies and everyone's like, yeah, Hooray! you're the best, Maximus, you're the best. But then he dies anyway because he's been bleeding out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he sees the glorious Roman style afterlife where he goes back to his farm. But now it's all like Avatar and uh, he sees his wife and kid again. And then they give right, him a hero's in- burial and uh, Rome is a republic again. The end. <laughs> the end. Um. Yeah, what did you think about this movie? Fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loved it. I don't I don't really care for the the you know the hijinks and the subplot and whatever. That could that could you know miss me with that shit. Like that would have trimmed a half hour off of this movie, it would have been even better. Uh yeah. But what a good time. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could agree. I mean, I just like fully. I mean, listen, I was on an airplane watching it on my iPhone, fucking high off my ass on Klonopin. So, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. Let's take this with a grain of salt here. This is a, this is, this is 
the dumbest dumb guy movie we've done. Oh, this yeah. movie is not trying. I know here I'll give it points. It's not trying to do anything but be a fun time. Mm-hmm. My problem with the movie is how deathly serious it is mm-hmm. and humorless. Um, every scene where Joaquin Phoenix is worming around and talking to his sister is like, I might as well be asleep. I don't yeah. care. I'm turning it off. My brain is thinking about something else. It's I'm rotating a cow. <laughs> I love rotating a cow in my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there is so much downtime in this movie mm-hmm. um, that is just completely useless. And you can't, and, and which could have been better spent on more fights, you know, or training. Like, when he, the best parts of this movie for me is when he's hanging out with his other slave bros. Mm-hmm. Like they get very little to do, but the couple scenes you get with them, where they're just like talking about, you know, fighting and 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 like eating the food and and what they're gonna do when they get out and stuff. Yeah. Like that's more fun. There's like two scenes of that, and you don't very get mu- very much of it, but that's fun. I think the big problem for me is that that the sword fighting didn't really do it for me. Mm, gotta and disagree that, with you there. <laughs> I know that's that's a very personal like. If it doesn't do it for you, then this movie's not going to do it for you. Exactly, you know? and it's just it's shot okay, but honestly, I don't think Ridley Scott is the best at doing this stuff. Like, I love the John Wick's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very visceral and and impactful, and you you know you can watch a whole movie of the of someone shooting someone with a gun, and it's awesome. And this movie felt like there's a couple cool things where he cuts their head off like with two swords. Yeah, um, that was cool. That's very cool. <laughs> um, when he but kills the really, tiger, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when the guy gets cut in half, the 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 car the, the oh, Carthage yeah, sequence. Oh yeah, yeah, when that one guy like falls off of the cart and then gets cut in half by the other cart. Yeah, yes, that's uh, pretty cool. That was pretty good. <laughs> that whole Carthage sequence is really cool with the phalanx and he's directing mm-hmm. like how they need to like be together and come apart and get be into two different phalanxes and and yeah, that uh, that part pretty fun i love at the beginning of that sequence too when they're kind of like out there they're seeing what they're up against they've had no idea up until this point what they were going to be doing and he sees what they're up against and like the first thing he does is he's just like has anybody been in the military before and a bunch of people are like yeah i have i have i have and then one guy just is like i served with you at this place and you're like oh you knew the whole time and you didn't say anything interesting (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah very wild uh, but for me, everything after, like before and after that point is sort of like sword and sandal boring to me where mm-hmm. like the first, the first big battle where they're fighting the Germanian tribe, uh, is like kind of brave hearty, like, yeah. okay, big, big, you know, like sh- it has a very like two thousands, like almost shaky cam, like random shots of guys putting swords into people and it's like i just don't feel anything no i will say i will say i think this movie is very poorly edited there's a lot of just like really sloppy editing happening all Uh over the place where like uh in that germanic sequence for example like like i i may be just like I may be dumb and high on Klonopin or something like that, but like I did find it for a while because I mean I didn't know anything about the movie, right? I didn't know who who he's supposed to be at the beginning of the movie. 
for like a good chunk of that sequence, I was like, is he on the Roman side or the Germanic side? Yeah, I no, it's tell. confusing. Um, it, it, it's not easy to. And then to in make the sequence where tails. you see like his home and you see the kid uh, playing with, he's not playing with the horse, he's like running around or whatever. And there's like cuts between shots of the kid running where he's like coming from opposite sides of the frame that just makes it like like spatially disorienting. Yeah. To the um, point that I've seen like Reddit like people being like, is he dead the whole time? Or uh, like well, <laughs> you know, people like not being confused because it's a kind of poorly um No, conveyed. but this is a this is a classic movie dumbass thing, is like yeah, of every everything is did he die at the beginning and this all is his final dream or whatever fuck off i don't i I hate that analysis everybody wants to do it for every movie like this it's never true it's never what they intended it's just it's just like the one way that you can conceptually it's basically like everybody saw fight club where like the twist was that there was a second there wasn't a second character the whole time and everybody is like wanting to be like the one who cracks it for the next movie (laughs) yeah or six cents being like oh yeah he's dead the whole time uh that's the one movie where he's dead the whole time and it's very clear at the end that he's dead the whole time um yeah no this is a movie about a gladiator fighting for rome um yeah but i swordwick is real okay i think the thing about it is it it doesn't really even feel like if you take this movie for what it is it's a movie about a guy trying more than anything, trying to get vengeance mm-hmm. and then like sort of on the side trying to get, trying to fulfill the wish of his like father figure. Yeah. That's just, both of those motivations are just like not very well sold. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like a guy who really cares about anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I honest to God, I was like, based on like how he acts in the first scene after, like when, Caesar says, like, I want you to be the protector of Rome. And he says, no. And then when Caesar dies, I thought for sure when Caesar 2 comes in and is like, you know, my father's dead. Can I count on you? He was just going to be like, oh, sure, whatever. This is my ticket out. I don't have to do this shit anymore. (laughs) Yeah, no, he he doesn't seem like a very passionate or opinionated person. He's sort of a cardboard cut out of a character Mm -hmm. who just like has a dead wife. You know, it has like a lot of Nolan problems for me where it's just like, I don't care about this guy. I don't care about this story because it's not like it's real. It's just this fake country, this fantasy thing. Kind of has a lot of like Lord of the Rings problems, even though I like Lord of the Rings a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess the big problem for me is that the fi- the fighting isn't fun enough. After the Carthage sequence, it's kind of repetitive, and yeah. then never even really gets to those heights. And you, for me, I just can't imagine being invested in this guy's vengeance. Uh, and also, you're never afraid he's going to die. Like, he is supernaturally, yeah. there's no tension. It's just like, watch this anime character chop <laughs> off a bunch of guys' heads. Uh, which, if you like that, you're going to love this. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't, I can't believe this movie won Best Picture. Like, this movie is very stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, it's the, like I said, it's the dumbest guy, dumb guy movie there is. Cause it's just about like, what if you, there was a badass 
who couldn't be killed unless he wanted to be killed to be with his hot <laughs> wife and kid and have like and I feel like it also inspired like this movie is kind of the reason like Roman statue guys exist, you know, because it's like sure. <laughs> yeah, this is this is their I bet you they're like everybody who does that kind of posting is like in the age group that would have responded to this movie. Absolutely. They were 15 to 16 when this movie came out and they were like, this is what a real man does. Because that like that big, the really, really big account, the cultural critic, uh, the one that's always like, why don't we build churches like this anymore and whatever. And then the other shit that that guy posts is like, TikToks of Norwegian muscle men fucking jump like cliff diving holding axes. And he's like, <laughs> "Why are you as a man not doing this?" And you're like, "What does this have to do with architecture? <laughs> what does this have to do with anything?" <laughs> this is just some dumbass making content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh it feels that way to me. It's just this sort of like it's cool cuz he's a manly guy who can kill all the time and never no one is better than him yeah and i i feel like yeah for me this just doesn't work as a movie like <laughs> it's just a collection of fun fight sequences some of them much more fun than others yeah uh i didn't love it uh yeah i think we could have used uh i think we could have cut a lot from the movie like if i was gonna if i was gonna have the keys to the car and i was gonna recut this movie I would take out the whole first sequence. I would just start it that he's a fucking gladiator. Who cares? You know? Who cares? I, I don't give a shit about, you know, trying to like restore Rome to its whispered glory and whatever. I don't <laughs> fucking care about that at all. He could have just been a former general who's now a slave and maybe give us like a two second sequence of like, you know, he disobeys an order that he knows to be wrong or whatever who fucking cares you know right give us that little thing to give us the background that he's he's a general that's why he's so good at fighting and then he's already a fucking gladiator go straight into it for god's sake you know and and i mean i get he he and and he could be getting revenge on joaquin instead of for killing his wife and kid he can be getting revenge for like how slaves are treated in rome you know like he's a sure, fucking it, slave that's good it enough doesn't motivation. matter <laughs> yeah anything it does it, it's not that i mean the thing is that the current motivation doesn't feel that powerful anyway because his friend his family's already dead yeah we never meet them we don't and, know shit about them and we don't really even get to exp- we're not it's not like we're spending a lot of time explaining what it would mean for Rome to be given back for the people. And we're not given any moment where he explains why he thinks that would be good. Yeah. Like all he says is it's because it's what Caesar wanted when he died. Literally not a single line of dialogue in this movie is there to tell you that Maximus thinks that Rome should be a republic. Yeah. Or a democracy or whatever. No, they even ask him point blank at some point and he's, he's like, like, I, I don't, don't fucking give a care. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I swing a sword. <laughs> yeah, I do what I'm told. He's a drone worker. Yeah. Uh I think it so, could have been helped maybe with like some flashbacks to his childhood or something, give us a little more flesh on the relationship with old Caesar or something like that, you know. I think we're both saying like we you could have gone deeper into his character and given us like someone to care about between fights or just gone full like crank 
yep, or John exactly. Wick and just be yeah. like, it's all about the fights anyway. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, let him have a a random reason that Caesar killed his wife. Or maybe Caesar's just a bad guy who killed his wife for no reason. Yeah. And then we get an excuse to have a bunch of fights and him to have a fun fight with Caesar. But we don't get a duel of the fates or anything. We get like a dumb like cheating fight where he's and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody feels anything for Maximus, right? Like, is anybody <laughs> watching this movie and being like crying and like, damn, Maximus dies and he gets to no. be with his wife? No one feels anything. It's just completely random. I mean, I just... maybe felt something just because of my own pre-existing father-son relationship where I was like, oh man, like if somebody killed my son, I would fucking go knife wick on them too. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um... But yeah, I uh, I I didn't find this movie very enjoyable. I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just like a kind of middling. Like this movie feels like it. I, I I'm. It's funny because he did other movies like this, like Kingdom of Heaven and stuff, and like Exodus. Like he's done more like sword and sandals movies that do not have as good of a reputation and did not win Best Picture or any Oscar for that matter. Um, so I don't really get why this one really resonated. I really think it's just because it was a bunch of teenage boys who are like Rome fucking rocks. And this guy is so cool. Um, so I'm going to give it a not recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be split on this one, Bryn, because I'm giving this a full recommend. Sure. Yeah, no, it's fine. I think that, I think that if you, like this one if you like this type of thing if you like to see roman gladiators knifing people and cutting people's heads with swords off yeah you're gonna like it you're gonna that's have what a it, good time that's <laughs> what it you're is. gonna like the way you look <laughs> yeah uh so i think we disagree we're, we're, we're hard disagreeing on this one and that is totally fine that's a uh, valid way to end an episode yes uh especially for dumb guy december um (laughs) which we'll be doing for actually two more weeks we're going to extend dumb guy december into january into the new year because christmas is because we're that dumb because we're so fucking stupid we're so dumb that we (laughs) fucked up and thought that it was five fridays instead of five mondays (laughs) yeah uh you know hey it's all calendars right it's it's all numbers how are we supposed to know? Um, but yeah, so next week will be, can I think of it off the top of my head? Um, Inception, a movie that I definitely hate. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to watch along with us, go ahead and watch Inception. Until then, though, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and subscribe at the Freaks tier to get a Patreon episode every single week uh before the regular episode comes out you can subscribe to the sopranos tier to uh vote on the show we're watching this month it is the boys uh season two so we will be having a referendum at the end of this month on if we are going to continue watching the boys for one more season i think only one because season four comes out next year and i don't think we'll make it um so go ahead and get on in on that uh, or you can join the dark council and you can read all about that there. Um, otherwise you can 
Follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod. Follow us individually from there. You can listen to my other show, BB Bledis. Listen to my band, Stay Inside. Jeremy now has his YouTube back and activated. Go You're absolutely right, Bryn. If you like city building video games, go on and check it out. Um, they've demonetized my videos because the company <laughs> I use for music uh, fucked me. Oh, but no. We're working on sorting it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's you, Jeremy Thunder on YouTube. Yep. So go subscribe to all those things. Thanks for listening. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.